Hey guys, welcome back to another um, episode of these uh, Saturday live interviews. This is kind of cool. I'm really having a lot of fun, but I, I want to say something kind of different to the norm. Normally, we're just like interviewing people who are in the community and doing crazy good stuff. But I wanted to actually talk to the National Autistic Society today because we've had a lot of, um, you know, I've had a lot of questions about, you know, what do they do? Who are they? Et cetera, et cetera. So I wanted to invite Tom onto uh, the show today because it was a way for me to uh, get you the best answers possible by actually getting them to be on the show. So, Tom, do you want to explain a little about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Hi, Dan. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, love, love the SB world. Love your videos and your podcasts. You. So it's great to finally be on one. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I'm Tom. I'm currently head of marketing and campaigns at the National Autistic Society. But to be honest, it doesn't really say a lot about what I do and what the charity does. Um, the the charity has existed since 1962, so you know we're we're years. Uh, so that's a that's a long time. Um, yeah. We started the first autism specific school in the UK or in the world. Right? Um, you know, lots of firsts over those sixty years, but you know what we are today is a is a charity. We're the UK's largest autism charity, and we're here to try and create a society that works for autistic people. That's that's you know, the the long and the short of it, really. We we are here to try and make changes, provide support, and change people's lives. And try and make sure that we are you know, forever creating a better society and, and world for, for autistic people and their families. Yeah, that's amazing. That's um, it's surprising. I didn't know it'd been around that long. I mean, that's a long time. Um, and yeah, obviously, you know, you have a lot to show for it because you know so many people are in support of the National Autistic Society. Um, and yeah, there are a fair a few um, autism charities in the UK that I know of, um, but uh, but none are none are as prominent, I guess, as National Autistic Society. So um, yeah, it was really that was really interesting. So kind of, I, I wanted to give you kind of an opportunity to really explain, you know, what are some of the goals of the National Autistic Society, you know, for people who don't know anything about what you guys do from a day-to-day basis, what are some of the goals that you guys are trying to do? So we are, we want to be here for all the 700,000 autistic people in the UK. So that might mean that, um, that if you're an autistic person, you need some help and support. Uh, that might mean uh, via our website. So about five million unique visitors every year and that's from all over the world um looking for information guidance whether that's about how to get a diagnosis about how they can get social care in in their local area about you know all sorts of issues you know specific topics or, um of guidance like mental health you know the things that we know really matter to autistic people but then through the website, we've also got our online community. That's a you know, community, moderated community of peer support. Um, and then alongside it, we run um, some casework, really important casework services. So they're services that pick up on sort of really specific issues, whether that's education rights, whether it's um, for people who are in or at risk of going into mental health um, hospitals, specific casework service for them. You know, lots of really valuable um, specific expert guidance that can be accessed by them. And not just via the phone, you know, they're accessible via um, 
email and through our website as well. I should mention the website autism.org.uk if people haven't ever seen it and want to want to check it out. Um, but then we we also have our network of branches. So we have 117 volunteer-led branches across the UK. Um, and they, they are, being perfectly honest, they started off principally led by parents of autistic people. And mm -hmm. they are still you know, predominantly parents of, of autistic children that run, um, run our branches. But increasingly, we're seeing um, uh, autistic people, key volunteers as part of what they do, um that actually we're seeing uh, autistic only groups and and branches being developed um and pretty much all of our branches will offer some form of um, support just for autistic adults so whether that's a social group whether it's um you know a little kind of community locally whether it's just information but you know they are there for autistic adults in you know, many communities right across the country 117 different different branches um and then there's our really important policy and campaigns work so part of that being trying to create a society that works for autistic people is about trying to change the world trying to change the law trying to influence government so you know most recently that's been during COVID, that's been about trying to really highlight through our stranded reports and campaign what government haven't done to make sure um, autistic people have been supported properly during the pandemic and during lockdown. Um, and you know, we're still working on that. That's that's an ongoing challenge. Uh, we know that people, autistic people, aren't getting the help that they they need and deserve during during lockdown so that's a big priority for us still um but you know we haven't just been doing covid related stuff we uh we had a you know some massive news last week um when the government announced that they were they're uh, reforming the mental health act uh, which obviously covers um being you know, much You're beyond autism, autism but yeah. actually but within the mental health act what it used to say or what it currently says and what the government have now committed to changing is it used to have autism within the definition of of mental disorder and that was used as the basis for a lot of very inappropriate um uh, uh incidences of people being sectioned autistic yeah. people being sectioned and then ending up in in patient mental health hospitals for a very long time so yeah. the government have said that they are changing that in a really important way so we've yeah, we've been really really pleased about that and and um you know very kind of you to say that the the charity is well supported and we are we're, we're really lucky to have a a really passionate supportive um base of campaigners across the country who who help us uh, you know, whether that's putting their names on letters or signing petitions doing stuff online or, or, or doing stuff in person and engaging with their mps and it was only really thanks to all the people who've supported that campaign that we've been able to convince the government to change that so yeah, really grateful to all the all the thousands of people that have lent us their names during during that work yeah, yeah, I saw that campaign actually, and I think because a lot of the work you do is is really important in terms of like government legislation and stuff. And I think you know you're up against a difficult one because we haven't got the um, 
the most charismatic government, I'll put it that way. Um, definitely not somebody that I voted for. Uh, and so, you know, I think you know, it is it is a battle to kind of get government, you know, changes. And this is kind of one of the things I want to do with with the Aspie world and stuff is we want I wanted to have like a basis. You know, we got 145,000 people that subscribed to this channel on YouTube and 150,000 listeners now on the podcast. So we've got a bit of more of a momentum to kind of try to get behind things like this. And one of the things I found really interesting, now there's two things. Uh, one is that I remember the there was i think it was a guy called i'm sure his name was uh gary um mcginnis i think his name was he was a uh hacker. Gary M- mckinnon mckinnon that was gary it. Mc- yeah mckinnon yeah. yeah he he hacked a nasa um he had a diagnosis of asperger's syndrome i think and he di- he he hacked some nasa computers because it was like one of his obsessions right find about aliens and stuff and i only know about this guy because i was really interested in the same stuff okay i didn't go to the lens of hacking anything but i was definitely interested in the same things and um, I remember vividly seeing the National Statistics Society members on the news um, holding up kind of like a thing saying they're not going to extradite him to America. And it was kind of an achievement because it pressured the government and the courts to say, you know, it's, it's not fair. You know, this guy will, will have variant issues if you, if you do those proceedings. You know, you have to find some other way, uh, some ethical way of dealing with the issue, you know, that he'd broken the law. And I think that was just fantastic. That really kind of like, whoa. And I and I recently saw something about Julian Assange, very similar, where Julian Assange um, obviously been uh, under a lot of criticism and a lot of controversy around the guy. Um, and I, you know, I believe the guy's, you know, just telling the truth. I mean, what's wrong with that, right? Uh, but also, I think he was just diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome as well. Uh, he had a clinical psychologist kind of go through that and, th- and they did the same similar process where uh, the government kind of said okay we're not going to extradite him because he would have been under those same kind of issues and mental health crisis and you know mania would have set in if he would have been extradited to america so i think it's it's very important now. you know there's 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 organizations like national Statistics society doing those things to protect people who are most vulnerable in situations that are very controversial um so i just wanted to say like i i, I was aware of those um those things and i think that's that's excellent yeah, it really is good so, yeah and, and what we what we always have to um what we have to kind of balance is that we know that there are a lot of autistic people out there who have they have poor experiences and you know, you've, you've mentioned a couple there and they're, they're obviously quite extreme examples but we know that there are on a day-to-day basis that there are you know, thousands of autistic people who who are struggling who aren't getting the support they need who are you know having a having a difficult time and we really have to balance making you know backing campaigns that are driven by an individual um that are about an individual's circumstances mm. but that if you kind of win win them it only makes a difference for them against yeah trying to do work where we're looking to make you know structural changes to the system so that Mm. all autistic people can can benefit from that and we have to be really we're we're a charity we have to be really careful and really think about how we use the limited resource we have so that we're getting you know as big an impact for as many people as possible in the in the campaigns that we that that we take on yeah definitely because you know it's that there's so many there's so many people who who have um you know like you said so so many issues and you kind of you're having to try and set a standard almost to show that you can have um societal change uh, on a bigger scale but it takes it takes a lot of resources um and 
it, it takes a lot of time, I guess, you know, cause it's not an easy thing to do. So it, it is, I think it's, it's good. And you know, one of the things I do every year is I, I, I fundraise on this channel and I, and I donate money to the National Autistic Society because I think it's a good, it's a good cause, you know, and I think there's, there's a lot that needs to be done. And I think, you know, we all need to play a bit. Um, so kind of, do you want to, I would like to ask you really, what are some of the biggest mm-hmm. achievements that NAS has? And when I say NAS guys, I'm just shortening NAS, you know, I'm just NAS as the National Autistic Society. So what are the, the biggest achievements you guys have seen over the past, say, 10 years? So I just, um, I suppose just before I answer directly, like the, thinking about the last 10 years and thinking about what, what we've achieved, it's helpful to think about what things looked like in, in 2009. And I just started slightly more than 10 years ago, but you know, 2009 was when the Autism Act passed. And just before that, we ran a campaign that was called um, I exist. Now, this is slightly before my, just a little bit before my time um, at the charity, but it was called I exist. And the point of the campaign was a, basically about saying autistic adults exist and the government needs to do something about them. Now, for me, the fact that we even called a campaign back then, I exist, shows how much things have changed. And I know there are still still people out there who think you know, autism is only something which um, you know, which children are are autistic, you know, and uh, autistic adults is still a bit of a a mystery to to some people who who don't really understand. But I think that has changed vastly, and the fact that there is much more recognition of um, of autistic adults, of autistic adults' needs at a government level, even if not at every level of society, is kind of one of the things which. I think is the biggest change is the bigger thing that I think we've, uh, I hope helped to achieve um, over the last 10 years, but specifically, you know, 2009, uh, we saw the autism act that led to the, that was the first disability specific piece of legislation in the UK. Um, it, the things that it said were quite kind of technical. Um, it basically said that the government had to produce an autism strategy. It said that the government had to, um, produce something called statutory guidance, which is is sort of legally binding guidance for local authorities and and, and health authorities that says they have to do specific the things. Duty of care, right? And it says they have to keep, uh, yeah. And it's it means they have to keep the whole thing under review. Um, but what that has essentially meant is over the last ten years, the government has set out to local authorities and to the health service things that have to be in place to improve services that are available for autistic people now we know it's not had the impact that it needs to have or enough Mm. impact but for example every local area pretty much now has got a way that um, autistic adults that don't have a diagnosis and want one can get a diagnosis some of those waiting times are probably too long some of the experience and the post support might not be as good as it is, but yeah. compared to 10 years ago, that is a yeah. fundamentally massive change in difference. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think um, one of the things uh, you could just listen to you talk about kind of the government and, and where things are. I mean, we've still got a huge way to go with other areas of like unemployment for autistic people. So in January, a year, almost a year ago to the day, I, I briefed the European Parliament in France about, um, you know, the needs of autistic people in working environments. Um, there was somebody there from the National Autistic Society, actually, who was sitting in on that briefing, but I can't remember the gentleman's name now. Um, and 
you know, one of the things I said to them was that a friend of mine who's on the spectrum, she's um, about 25, 26, and she applied for five jobs in the West Midlands. Uh, she got, you know, she, she got accepted for all those five jobs. But when she started working there and disclosed that her disability, the work then magically dried up and she was uh, released from that position. So, you know, that was just one story of like somebody being sent down for five jobs, which they're completely um, eligible for, and they can do the job, that's fine. But they, uh, they, they you know, they, they will let go because of their condition. Now, I think there's, there's, a, there's a few things. There's no protection from them, for, for, gone to government levels, no protection legally. And then the other thing is that the education part of it for actual employers not having education in autism, because, um, there's just so much work that needs to be done. I mean, goodness me, we're trying our best, but I think um, uh, it's so important that we get it at a, at a government level because then that then has some kind of standard. Um, and I think there was something uh, I saw the National Autistic Society doing tr uh, like a training on um, females on the autism spectrum, like how to understand female autism spectrum conditions. Mm. And I was like, I can't even believe this is actually a thing, you know, and it would, it definitely needs to be there, but it kind of just, you know, rattles my brain thinking, goodness me, how on earth is this even a thing? And I've done, I have a playlist on my channel right now talking about girls on the spectrum. We interview different kinds of females on the, uh, you know, who, who've been through the mill and I'm thinking, goodness me, like it shouldn't even be a thing. It should just be that like, you know, why, why do we have to even do this? But then again, um, it is what it is and, and we're trying our best. And I think it's, that's why it's the work you guys do is so important. Um, so um, yeah, before, yeah. before we kind of, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say that, that it is the case that, you know, you keep having to have the same conversations really. And it's, that is like you say, campaigning is difficult. It can take time. And it, and it does consist of saying the same things all over again, again and again, uh, until people um, until people have have heard and um, until that message gets through. Yeah, I think that is it. It's like the it's uh, you know consistency is king with, with what we're doing, I guess. Um, and so, in terms of the projects that the National Autistic Society are currently working on, you know, do you want to talk a little bit about what projects you're doing now and what the future kind of holds for for NAS? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, the mission stays the same. You know, we're 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 here to create a society that works for autistic people and of course during lockdown the pandemic that's been something quite different so you know, we've done a lot of you know lots of different sorts of, of policy and campaigns work um you know about making sure for example that the government rules that come out or to uh, uh reflect the needs of autistic people so you know exemptions around um daily exercise when there were limits on on that for example we, we mm. made sure we secured a, an exemption for autistic people there yeah, in the so face well. mask which i know is a complex issue but you know just making sure that the government understands that there are some autistic people who won't be able to wear a face mask and that they need to be that needs to be reflected in the the, the government rules around face yeah, mask yeah. wearing and um, all of that stuff we've got a, a coronavirus hub on our website which is still updated with all of the latest rules and guidance on there and some handy um resources if, if people feel they, they want to to use those on our on our website so you know we're still going to be doing that coronavirus is still with us we know that's a that's a big need still for people to understand what the latest rules um rules that affect them are um I mentioned the autism strategy, the government's autism strategy, that the, the each nation has one.
Um, so we're working in you know, not just in England, but in England, Scotland, uh, Northern Ireland and Wales to try and influence the government around their uh, separate autism strategies. In England, we, we're expecting the government to um, put something out in the next few months. That's something we've been quietly working behind the scenes to influence um, and more publicly with our with our left stranded um, and not enough campaigns over the last few years. Uh, yeah, we're going to be working on that, making sure that's uh, as good as it can be. And then crucially, trying to make sure it uh, the things that it says should happen at a local level do happen as well. So trying to arm our volunteers and our supporters with the tools and resources to help them make stuff happen in their local area because of course we can't be we can't be everywhere sadly um and then and and then we we, um we know that that support that people have needed um during the pandemic you know a lot of face-to-face support has been has been disrupted you know a, a lot of our 117 um volunteer led branches have been doing stuff online some of that's been really small things, just doing a bit of support and keeping in touch via Facebook. Um, some of it's been, you know, full on Zoom um, social groups and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. You, we know that's not for everybody. We know that some people like have a preference for face to face, and we're going to be looking to get back to face to face as soon as the rules allow us. But in the meantime, we're going to be, you know helping our volunteers to do what the amazing work that they do in communities and reach people uh, online and just try and make sure people have got a bit of help and peer support during during lockdown because we know how hard it is for people yeah yeah absolutely i think like there's so much there's so much struggle going on right now with the, the coronavirus and stuff and uh, it's like it's oh it's just it's just madness isn't it but i think like you know everybody's trying their best and everyone's doing their thing and i think without that we'd be in an even worse situation so i think you know we, i thank everybody for doing their bit and uh, and i think that the the branches do such great work um I, you know i did a talk for the wrexham branch uh, i did their um winter ball and, that was and they do so much stuff you know and i and uh just I, I had the people from the uh, Wrexham Football Club on here uh, a couple of weeks ago talking about the amazing thing and that's just incredible like what they're doing there their their whole system yeah. there is it, it, unreal and I'm glad that the new owners are throwing some money at them because they've just been bought Absolutely. by some um, celebrities so they're going to throw some money at that and and I think it's going to be great um, so I'm going to go down and once we're allowed to move outside of our local areas I'm going to go down there and have a they're not far away from me but it's just that it's more than my my radius is allowed but yeah i'm gonna film sure. some more yeah. about the, the actual process because i think that's great i think it's more what they're doing is kind of standard um it should be followed on you know i think it's great but yeah the branches mm-hmm. doing great work um and now's just being super awesome so i hope that people kind of got some kind of view of what you guys do here um if anybody has any questions I, what i'll do is i'll leave links for all of your kind of uh websites and social media links down below um right. you're pretty decent at responding i mean you guys always respond to me so um yeah, I think uh, if anybody wants to kind of reach out to you, I guess I'll leave all the, the information and especially the COVID hub as well. Uh, I'll leave that down there, uh, you know, the link for that, because I think that's going to be very, very useful for people who are watching this who are kind of just pulling their hair out thinking, oh my goodness, you know, what are we supposed to be doing? So um, anything else you'd like to talk about before we kind of call it a day, Tom? Just want to thank everyone for for their support. Um, you know, we are we are a charity. Um, you know, it has been a difficult time. Lots of fundraising events and things have been cancelled because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, anyone who feels they're able to 
support us financially they can find out how to do that on our website but you know, just getting behind our, our campaigns things like that you know that is fantastic as well we we need people that that do do that and help us make the difference we want we all want to make Amazing. Yeah, no, I'll definitely be doing some more uh, campaigning this year for you guys uh, in terms of fundraising. And uh, yeah, definitely 100%. I I always do. So yeah, awesome. Okay, thanks, Tom, for coming on. It's been awesome. Thanks a lot, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already, please share this with anybody and everyone who you think can get some benefit from it. And also, I know a bunch of you guys who haven't already subscribed to this podcast, but listen, so please go over and subscribe to it now so you don't miss an episode. Also, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, it's at the Aspie World, the T-H-E, Aspie, A-S-P-I-E, and then World, W-O-R-L-D, so the Aspie World. All right, guys, thanks.